just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, gas prices are absolutely brutal right now. And if you've been camping in neighboring states this summer, you might have noticed that they are particularly high in our beloved Utah. I asked Nazneen Ahmad, an economics professor at Weber State, how we got here and if relief is in sight. It's Monday, August 1st, 2022. I'm Ali Vyarta and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Nazneen Ahmed, you're an economics professor, but you buy gas just like the rest of us. What did you pay the last time you filled your tank? 60, around $60. So um, um, in May or June of 2020, uh, it cost me less than $25 to fill up my car's tank. Okay. In June 2022, uh, it cost me around $60 to fill up my tank. <sighs> Yeah. I am definitely feeling the pain at the pump. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> what like do you drive? All, like all of you. Uh, I just drive a Honda, like, you know, so it's a small car. So. Just a small car and you're paying uh-huh. 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's just too much, too high. Yeah. It's painful. Uh-huh. It's well, painful. We've had, it feels like, to your point, like it's been months and months now that prices have been astronomical. I've kind of forgotten how we even got here in the first place. Can you break down for us how gas got so expensive? Actually, the retail gasoline prices are mainly affected by two factors. Okay. Uh, One is the crude oil prices and the level of gasoline uh, supply to gasoline demand, the difference between supply and demand. Okay. So uh, oil has to make several stops before it is turned into gasoline that we use to drive our cars. Uh, So uh, crude oil is first moved to refinery and transformed into gasoline and then through uh, pipelines sent to large uh, storage terminal, etc. Right. So any disruption in this supply chain uh, tend to increase the price of the gasoline. So what happened uh, at the outbreak of COVID? Okay, uh, so due to the outbreak of COVID, there was a disruption in the supply chain, which mm-hmm. impacted the supply of gasoline. Like, so in 2020, 20, uh, 2020, like so when we were not commuting a lot, when yeah. we were working from home, so and we were not uh, traveling a lot. Yeah. So what happened was that the demand for gasoline was down. So the price was like we, the, there was no price hike in the gasoline, even though there were supply disruption. Hmm. But uh, then what started to happen? The supply disruption is still there. And then the war started. Uh, at the same time, what happened that the COVID started to subside or we became braver. I don't mm-hmm. know which one is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah. uh, and then we uh, we started to commute more. We started to commute uh, for work and we started to uh, travel more. It seems like the planes are packed nowadays. Yeah. And so there is, uh, there is an increase in demand for gasoline. 
So there is supply shortages, but then increase in uh, demand for uh, gasoline. So there is definitely a mismatch between demand and supply, demand being way higher than the supply of gasoline. Hmm. And you know that uh, Russian oil normally accounts for about, I would say, 10% of global oil supply, even though the oil is still being traded, but it's not uh, to the same degree. So we have a gap in supply um, in, uh, for that, for the war also. The war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. War okay. in Ukraine, yeah. In Utah, though, we're paying even more for gas oh, than other states. Like my understanding it. is yeah. it's about 60 cents more. And I recently left the state and was shocked that basically as soon as I crossed the border, gas got a little bit cheaper. Why is that the case? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, crude oil is a global commodity and its price has increased. So everybody around the world are having to pay more for uh, gas uh, for more for gasoline. But in Utah, uh, there are at least, I would say, two state specific reasons why we have to pay more. One is the state gas tax. Um, the state gas tax varies pretty widely across the country. Uh, for example, the state gas tax in Alaska is uh, lowest in the country, which is around 15 cents a gallon. Um, in uh, Texas, it's 20 cents a gallon, whereas in Utah, it's around 32 cents per gallon. So you can see that in Utah, we are having to pay more for uh, the gas tax um, than in many other states in the country. That is one of the reasons. And then um, the cost of transporting gasoline in Utah uh, and other Rocky Mountain states like Idaho and Wyoming is high due to the uh, geographical challenges. Hmm. Uh, The Rocky Mountains uh, limit the number of pipelines that can connect Utah to oil supply, uh, which bumps up the cost significantly. Okay. Okay. So uh, pipeline infrastructures is difficult to build. It's expensive to build. So I would say geographical challenges challenges is one of the reasons why we are having to pay higher hmm. uh, for gasoline in Utah compared to Gulf Coast uh, states yeah. and compared to uh, some other states. Right. Because whatever you build basically has to get through the Rockies or <laughs> over a mountain Absolutely. range or some sort of like Absolutely. crazy desert. But so if that is the case, that the gas tax we're looking at, say I'm paying five fifty at the pump. We know 31 cents of that is a state gas tax. So if I'm a state leader, I mean, couldn't you just decrease the gas tax to lower prices? Uh, I wish it was that easy because these taxes are uh, pretty important to fund the infrastructure, Hmm. highways in Utah. Okay. So um, you uh, might know that uh, President Biden um, has called for a three-month federal gas tax holiday. Right. The, the federal government charges an 18 cents tax per gallon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was thinking about this policy, but those taxes are important because they fund critical highways and public transportation in our country. Mm. And uh, this uh, tax holiday may not reduce the burden significantly. Hmm. So it's a choice, right? So you pay less tax, but then um, how are you going to fund the infrastructures that we need? Right. Which in Utah. So if you drive down I-15, you know how badly we need them. (laughs) Uh So it's a choice we have to make. Yeah. 
The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Did you see um, a couple days ago the gas station in Lehigh that lowered its prices by, I think it was more than $2, and the line to get there was crazy, but it, it was all, my understanding is it was all basically a publicity stunt sponsored by Americans yeah. for prosperity. Yeah. But it was still mm-hmm. crazy to see. And, um, representative John Curtis was there. Who's one of our, the members of our federal congressional delegation. And he said, and he was very excited to say this, that one of the ways that we could lower gas prices in the U S is to be in his words, energy independent, which Energy independence, Mm -hmm. I think, has different meanings depending on who you're talking to. But to him, that meant producing more oil and gas here in the United States. Is that a viable solution? It's easier said than done because pipeline infrastructures are very expensive Hmm. to build. It's not a simple task and it's very time consuming. Yeah. So now we are having to pay a lot at the gas station, but to build the pipelines, it, it you cannot build them overnight. Right. So it doesn't seem like a viable uh, solution. And um, I was also thinking, what can the government do, policymakers do, yeah. right? Uh, so uh, j- just reducing taxes, gas taxes, uh, it doesn't seem like a very sustainable thing to do because, uh, as I was saying, they uh, provide funds to build infrastructures. And then um, I kind of feel that when we talk about producing more oil, mm. I'm not sure if it sends uh, a right signal to uh, to consumers because 
I feel that the world is uh, world needs to move quickly, yeah. as quickly as we can to reduce carbon emissions, mm-hmm. right? So, in one hand, you have to think about environmental protection. You have to we have to protect our environment, and uh, so uh, and for that, we need uh, to invest in alternative sources of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to invest uh, more on renewable and clean energy. Yeah. So, if we invest more on oil production. That may discourage investment uh, in renewable and clean energy. Hmm. I mean, you're an economist. I'm like, okay, what's happening in the Economist Slack channel? Is is everyone predicting that this is going to get better or that it's going to get worse? Like, are we going to see any relief? Or I I f- uh, strongly feel that uh, in a few months things should look better if the supply chain mm. dis- disruptions are kind of resolved. Yeah, and also consumers always mm. adjust, right? So we make all sorts of changes. So uh, going back to the demand side, yeah. So I was saying that uh, we are now uh, we have started to commute uh, to work mm-hmm. um, because uh, the COVID has sub- uh, kind of um, subsided. Historically, in this country, gas prices tend to be higher. Uh, in late summer, especially yeah. in late summer, starting from spring. So hmm. uh, in the winter seasons, we might not, uh, the, the demand might kind of go down a bit. And if we adjust our um, our kind of consumption behavior, then I by that I mean like we we drive less, maybe we, hmm. we use more public transportation, we carpool more. Right. If we adjust our um, uh, behavior like that, uh, you know, demand will kind of soften. And yeah. then uh, the supply chain, uh, like if it's like the supply chain issues are resolved, then I, I kind of feel that we won't have to pay like six, five to six dollars at the pump yeah. uh, for very long. Oof. Um, yeah, it does feel like, I mean, you know, for us in Salt Lake City, like we can get around. You can find ways to get around. We do have some great public transportation. We have great options. We're, I feel like I'm seeing e-bikes everywhere. Like people are definitely uh-huh. turning away from their cars. But summer is also camping season. And it's like when you want to be driving to Moab, driving to Yellowstone, like hitting the road for those big kind of trips. And yeah, I mean, it's expensive. Uh, and you cannot use public transportation for that, right? Nope. <laughs> so no, there's no yeah, bullet train to my favorite campsite. <laughs> uh-huh. I can I just uh, end this with a positive note, please. Um, you know, the I feel that the government cannot do a lot to influence the price of gas because the government cannot make uh, the OPEC to produce more oil immediately, right? right? The government cannot stop the war on Ukraine, right? Uh, so. What can the government do? And I think the government uh, has taken an action. Government can provide more incentives to produce alternative sources of energy, hmm. build more electric vehicle charging stations. Yeah. Uh, so I think the government has already taken a plan to build a national network of 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations by 2030. Hmm. And um, um, so that these charging stations um, are accessible to all drivers, regardless of locations. Uh, so I think um, that is a step in the right direction. And the White House has introduced a plan to allocate $5, million, $5 billion to states to uh, fund uh, electric uh, vehicle charges uh, during the next five years. So I feel that it is a step in the right direction. It's going to reduce the uh, huge demand for gasoline. Yeah. 
And we got an energy plan from our governor this year that is still very pro coal, but it does name climate change for the first time ever. Um, And it does talk about expanding electric vehicle charging stations and some of these alternative forms of energy. So I think, you know, I think for some climate scientists, they feel like it's it's digging for diamonds in a dumpster a little bit. But there is some hope there that Utah can also turn towards clean energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's good for our environment, our our climate, Mm -hmm. and um, it, it will help to reduce the price of oil. Well, there it is. Nazneen Ahmed, professor of economics at Weber State University. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Two pieces of good news to start the week before we go. Tonight, the Living Traditions Festival kicks off its Mondays in the Park summer series. It's like a mini Living Traditions every Monday night at Liberty Park through the end of the summer. There's a 7 p.m. show and then an 8 p.m. show. Tonight, the 7 p.m. show is Nitya Neritya Dance Company. And then at 8 p.m., James Romero y Los Amigos Three Generations Band. Bring your own picnic and a chair or a blanket. These Monday night concerts are totally free and open to the public and, of course, family friendly. All right. A second piece of good news. Can you believe it? During the Governor's Native American Summit last Thursday, the University of Utah announced a new program set to launch in spring 2023. Free tuition at the U for students enrolled of one of Utah's eight federally recognized tribes. The logistics are still being worked out, but it's a fabulous idea. It'll be interesting to see if other Utah schools follow suit. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Bye.